Welcome to the What My Band Needs podcast with your host Nico Savic. Thank you very much for checking this out. Each episode of the What My Band Needs podcast series features conversations with people working in the music industry, including publicists, booking agents, managers, journalists, photographers, audio engineers, videographers, graphic designers, and more. Hopefully you will find something interesting here and if you do, please follow or subscribe, leave a review, share the episodes, repost them, follow and tag me on social media. This support is very important and encouraging. My guest today is John Freeman, the founder and publicist at Freeman Promotions, a music publicity agency based in New Jersey. Over more than 10 years, John has been involved in running campaigns for names such Typo Negative, Whitesnake, Lamb of God, Gore, working with labels including SPV, Napalm Records, Candlelight, Frontiers, and many others. What follows is a conversation between John and I about his beginnings in the business, running a peer company, his working approach, up-and-coming bands, and more. So without further ado, I give you John Freeman of Freeman Promotions. Thank you very much for uh, finding uh, time to talk to me, John. Uh, how has this whole situation with the virus outbreak affected your work at uh, Freeman Promotions? Well, it's it's been different, you know. Um, the very first thing was starting to see the tours getting canceled. Yeah. Because at the beginning, three weeks ago, we really didn't. Nobody knew. I mean, hell, nobody knows now what's really going on. I mean, everybody has different opinions and thoughts. But when you started to see the tours go away, you're kind of like, oh, man, what are we going to do? Because, you know, that's a good part of my business is tour press. You know, when mm-hmm. the bands are coming to town, get them in the newspapers beforehand, getting people like yourself to come out to a show if there is a show, interview the band, review the show. And then ultimately, a lot of these tours are booked around an album release. Mm-hmm. So if you have your record scheduled to come out in April, May, and now you can't tour, it kind of throws a little wrench into it. So now we're try- trying to do like whatever we can, like mm-hmm. album press wise, of course, which is extremely important, but you've got to come up with new ideas and different things because everybody's doing the same thing and nobody's out touring right now. Yeah, definitely. I saw that. Uh, a couple of bands actually did like uh, postpone the the release of of their albums. Like uh, just today, Vardruna from Norway did something like that, I guess. So right, yes, uh, a, a bunch of labels that have been doing it. I mean, some of my clients, we've had to move a couple just for uh, you know production reasons and whatever, just to make sure. Like I had some April releases pushed to May and some May releases pushed to June. But I feel like everybody hopefully thinks everything will get sort of back on track. Over the summer, um, you know, it's 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 very interesting just to see, you know, what each label is doing. I mean, and if you're an independent band and you're doing it all yourself, I mean, you can still go ahead and release it. Yeah. Uh, but it's like the big things, like when you have to have, you know, the product into the distributor and all that, it makes it difficult because you don't know if, if a record plant, uh, you know, a vinyl plant's closing or whatever. You know, it, it's all these little, little things. So... Uh, it's it's a lot to go through, a lot to navigate, and I mean we're learning just as much as everybody else is. Like, I'm learning that maybe you don't want to hear about what my band's doing in times of quarantine because you're stuck in quarantine too. You know, it's yeah. it's it's like maybe we want to you know hear something or read about something that's fun or better, or different. <laughs> so like, just an example I throw out there is yesterday, Guar was on CNN, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. I booked them on there for that. And it's just, it's so ridiculous because when would, I mean, back in the day, Odorous, God rest his soul, was on Fox News Red Eye a bunch. 
But I mean, just the whole thought of like them talking to Guar in Antarctica, which don't tell anybody was Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was just so crazy. And it went out to all our affiliates and all the metal sites picked it up, whatever. It's just something different. You know, I think yeah, that's a lot of what's it's and it's keeping people's mind off stuff. Sure, they're talking about it, but they called it the quarantine. It's funny. You know, yeah. it's that's the thing that Guar's always been able to do is just kind of like break through everything, even the seriousness, and have some fun with it. Like this one wasn't like super serious at all, but it wasn't like, you know, over the top as Guar can be. It, it, it was tame for, for broadcast TV standards. Yeah, for, for, yeah, for national TV. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so uh, let's, go, uh, let's go back to your beginnings in the music business and uh, what kind of expectations uh, did you have before getting actually in the business? What what what, what was your uh, first PR job campaign that you worked on? Um, well, before I did all this, I did radio. Mm -hmm. And so I hosted a heavy metal radio show in North Carolina when I was down there. And they took, um, uh, I was hosting a metal show. And from that, it meant to, it ventured for me. I came up to uh, New York for a conference or whatever, and I met some folks. And then I got a job working um, PR and radio at SPV Records, uh -huh. um, which was like 11, 12 years ago now. They had an office in New Jersey. So that was right around the time the White Snake record came out, Good to Be Bad. Um, Alice Cooper, Along Came a Spider, was out there. Uh, we were doing like Moonspell, Camelot stuff. I did a Metal Church record. That was all in the beginning, like at that when I was at SPV. Um, yeah, it was it a great place. It seems like you jumped right right into the the fire with all these albums. I mean, pretty pretty big names. Yeah, right. And what's cool is you know SPV mm -hmm. uh, now is still a client of mine. You know, twelve yeah, years yeah. later or whatever it is. You know, I, I, they've been one of my longest clients, honestly, and they've been great to work with. And they always have some good stuff that you know we got out. And I mean, Axel Rudy Pell. I feel like I've done seven million Axel Rudy Pell albums, hmm. and they're. But they're awesome, you know, and I just, it's, they've, SPV has been a long-standing client, and they uh, also have Long Branch Records, uh, yeah, yeah, the, which the, is kind of like From Germany, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's part of SPV, it's the same company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I could actually tell you a weird story about how they got that name. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Long Branch Records, when my, my former roommate, who was a music industry exec, she uh, was working SPV at the time, and they gave her an imprint. And so we were like, we'll get to come up with a name of it. I live in Long Branch, New Jersey. She lives in Long Branch, New Jersey. So we were just sitting around one night drinking a bottle of wine. And I'm like, Long Branch Records. And that's just where the name came, You know? Yeah. Uh, so now it's, it's, it's a town in New Jersey, but it's the name of a record label in, uh, in Germany. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, actually, the, there are a couple of pretty good releases from from Long Branch. The new, the, new, uh, the new Cabal record. Yeah, yeah, I, I had the pleasure uh, reviewing that that one. Uh, it's it's yeah. really one one of the best releases so far uh, this year for sure. What was really cool is they were able before all the shit hit the fan. They were able to come over here and tour. Mm, so yeah. like in January, February, they were um, they were here, you know, and it was great. I got to see them live, and it was pretty brutal shows. But, uh, you know, they got the benefit of coming over to tour where a lot of these other bands that had all these tours can't, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay, so down the road, how did you uh, wind up running your own PR company? Well, 
I was working. I worked at another PR firm for about nine months after SPV went uh, insolvent in Germany, which was like bankruptcy and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I went and I worked at another firm for nine months. I learned a lot there, you know. But uh, I, it was time for me to start my own thing. I just I felt like I couldn't go any more. Uh... Oh wow! So I go any further with it, and uh, you know, so I started my own thing, and then I, SPV came as a client. Uh, back when they, you know, got back rolling, and so they became a client of mine. And then um, Guar, who I had developed a working relationship with, uh, when their contract was out with that firm, they came and uh, came over to me. So as you mentioned, you you worked on so many campaigns throughout the years and working with uh, SPV, and now you're working with uh, Napalm Records and uh, Frontiers. Frontiers, yeah. Frontiers, yeah. Uh, Spine Farm, right? Uh, yeah, so, uh, which is also candlelight. <laughs> candlelight, yeah. Uh, so, uh, what is your approach to the comp- uh, campaign when it comes to an upcoming release? What What does this process look like from your side about the planning and everything? Well, you know, it's 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 always different, and now especially, you know, it, it's gotten to the point where people just don't want to hear, okay, X band has new album coming out. Here you go. Now yeah. it's all got to be at the beginning. You got to think about the story and the lot, like in the, the all the outside of the box stuff. Like, sure, we want to do your music interviews and we want to get it reviewed and stuff. But if you have a strange hobby or a strange job or something else, we like to talk about all this stuff beforehand. So I have ideas of angles that I could work. Like if you, you know, like you're in a band, but in your spare time, you, you know, you're a snake charmer or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, then you can just use that and you try to build things. I mean, sure, like I said, we want reviews. We want interviews about the record. We want coverage in the gear magazines and we want all that. But it's also the outside of the box type stuff where people are like, oh, wow, this person does that or this can, ha-, you know. So basically, yeah. it's, you get a record and you want to get it as early as possible and you just start putting together a plan. I mean, you know how you're going to service it to people. You know, like the print journalists and the journalist, VIP journalists will get the record earlier because they have a longer deadline and whatever that is. And then you know when you're going to send it to this, these people and these people. And then, you know, based on that, then you know when you're like hitting up for interviews, you know, you, if you want to do like podcasts and stuff like that, if there's long lead pieces, it's just prioritizing and strategizing and knowing what you want to do and working a lot of projects. It is, it can be difficult at times, but it also can be beneficial. Whereas like I can say to you, Oh, you want to talk to white snake? Well, take a look at this one. You know, I I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. believe do it like that. Like you can't do this unless you talk to that person, but it's, Oh, you like this. I think you'll like this too. And then, I'm able to, you know, just show different people different things. And then with the relationships, that's the other thing. You you take your relationships that you've built up over the years. And, like, so I can go to you now even, and I think I kind of know what you're going to like. I mean, there might be some stuff where I'm wrong, or there might be something where I go, man, he's not going to like this at all, and you do. But that's just getting to know the people, and that's a big thing too. Like, when you, let's say you're the record label and you send me a record, I'll listen to it the first time, and the first thing I'm going to do is just write down, ideas of places where mm-hmm. i should pitch it like who should cover this record who will like this record yeah you know like, like that. on a personal level yeah and th- having their personal relationships is really important i mean i can go to somebody cold and sometimes it'll something will happen i'm not saying it won't mm-hmm. but like knowing the person and having the relationship is can be very helpful in certain things um would you say that uh just because of uh your you know your connection with um labels like napalm records for example uh it's much it's much easier for you to uh place an 
album or place a band in in, in a in a magazine or 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 some bigger kind of media outlet a bigger act sure it's going to be easier for me to get somebody to cover something with bobby blitz mike portnoy mm-hmm. you know phil demel and the mark mangy guy that's going to be easier but part of my challenge is to like take one of the smaller things and like get somebody to listen to it like this mm-hmm. band winter Phillip, that we have on yeah. uh, candlelight spine farm mm-hmm. this record is fucking phenomenal but i feel like some people might sleep on it so then it's my job to get in there and be like hey you guys didn't see about this so like sure it's way easier for me to get established stuff into print and i want to do that too don't mm-hmm. get me wrong yeah. but i also like to uh you know try to, to build up the smaller acts too because there's a lot of acts that deserve coverage and sometimes just don't get it as someone who, who has been in the, in the music publicity business for for a long time uh you probably uh noticed and you probably experienced how uh pr changed over the years and uh, so so how did you go about embracing these changes in order to stay relevant or up to date well, you know it used to be when i started you're still mailing out cd promos you know like and it would take forever and you're doing like 500 piece mailings no joke like there's how many journalists are because if you look now there's a ton of journalists but all i have to do now is click a button and send you the music yeah you know, it's not it so that with that it's taken it gives you more time for other stuff because i mean if you had to do a mailing that would pretty much take out your whole day yeah, sure. So now that you're not sitting there and have to stuff envelopes and this, that, and the other thing, there are some people that want, um, still want physical copies, and I get that to an extent. But now with everything going on, we're getting people telling us that they don't want physical copies because they don't want to have to sanitize them. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's uh, that's certainly changed. It's much more contact via email, um, Skype, whatever. Uh, I mean, there are still phone calls, don't get me wrong, but a lot of the time you'll have a phone call with somebody and they'll be like, hey, can you email me about that? And I'm just as guilty as doing that with with other people. And so the communication methods, I think, have changed. Um, Press days as far as like having a band come into the city or go to California and like do a bunch of different things. Those still happen, but the opportunities, sometimes they're less, sometimes they're more. It really depends. And like I've had a really great experience working with Guar because the shit that we were able to pull off with them mm-hmm. is just, you know, crazy. They were on late night with Jimmy Fallon twice, you know. Oh. And I mean, it's yeah. I've we've had them all over the place. And that's just like I don't know. People think of me. I guess they think of Guar. I mean, I was going to have my tenth anniversary party a couple of weeks ago, but it got canceled or postponed because of all this. And Guar was playing at it, you know. So it was going to be pretty cool. Yeah, so you're mentioning Guar quite a lot uh, uh, until now. Uh, do you think that it's uh, something that, um, because of their image, I mean, we know that they are, uh, their, their outfits and their their looks actually are, are pretty um, convincing to say that way. So uh, does that, in a way, that the band's imagery and the, that kind of vibe that they want to portray and to showcase, uh, you know, uh, through their music and through their image has... Uh, some big say in order to uh, make a band, you know, to, to achieve some breakthrough? Well, image definitely helped. I mean, Guar, the image is just, it's so out there that mm-hmm. it kind of like, you know, like, you know when, uh, when they were on Tim, Jimmy Fallon, it was around Halloween time. Like, I'm always mm-hmm. able to, like, book stuff on that. Like, the image is important, um, and they've been doing this for almost 40 years, so they know what they're doing. But 
also like you don't want to have a fake image either like if you're some band you don't want to just come up with oh you know we're satanists blah 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 or whatever we are because like you got to be real about it and i think there are people that are like i have a band that i work with twin temple and they're on mm-hmm. rise above records and it's satanic doo-wop and they are legit all the way and they're they keep like and that's their thing you know um but then you could just be a band and you just have a reputation or a thing. You don't have to have like a gimmick, you know, I mean, and that's, I mean, well, it's not mince words here. It's a gimmick, but it's not a bad gimmick like Guar. I mean, people, but the one thing I will tell you this is with Guar sometimes, and this is the one thing I don't like is people tend to overlook their actual yeah, yeah music, right? Their music and their yeah. playing because of the, you know, the whole spectacle. But, I, you know, I've really tried to work on that. And you can see, mm-hmm. like, that Brad Roberts, a.k.a. Jizmac, has done drum interviews and uh, Postulus is doing some guitar stuff. So, again, it's 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 not just trying to get an interview or whatever. It's also trying to set the record straight sometimes because you got to – people don't – sometimes they're just not willing to give the benefit of the doubt. And then they listen to him or they watch him play without the costumes on. They're like, holy shit, these are good ba-, you know? So – Yep. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about um, uh, new young bands. You know, what should uh, aspiring bands that do not have the label support uh, focus in order to successfully promote their releases nowadays? Well, I mean, it's nowadays you can do stuff, you know, more independently. You don't have to have a label where you know, and I get that, but a lot of people, it it really helps. Um, because there's a big machine behind a label, you know, you've got a promo mm-hmm. team, you've got a distro team, you've got sales, you got this, you got that. But on the other hand, if you're an up and coming band and you're putting stuff out there on your socials or whatever, people are realizing it, you're going to put out a record or something like that. You get them, you come to somebody like me, you know, and say, here's the deal. And like, you can have a marketing person, a publicist person, and then this is going to be a dis- digital release, whatever it is. You have like, but you have a plan and you know, like I can take a smaller band and put it out there and get people to listen to it. But you also don't want to hire a publicist until you're ready. Yeah. You know, like if you have two fans on Facebook and three subscribers on YouTube and whatever, I mean, it's more of a hobby at this point. Yeah. You got once you get to a certain level and I think bands t- start to realize it because bands can also get themselves, you know, little things at the beginning, but then they're like, Oh, I'd like a bigger look here or whatever. And that's when you go to a publicist um but you know as far as just starting off and i can't say it now but get out and play gigs um you know that's the big one playing live getting people to see you live um and yeah i mean it's it's so easy now for a band to just sign up and they can put their music on spotify they can put their music on apple music and it's it's very easy so you don't necessarily have to have somebody doing that for you while it's very good to have it you can do it yourself and if you have the right people then you know it can work but that's the thing it's got to be you know the right team do you think that uh this uh do-it-yourself approach to music pr can actually bring satisfactory results to this I've, type I've, of had, i've had very successful campaigns with bands that have not been on a label oh, okay that's that's good to hear i mean i've been in a few situations where where a band comes to me i, I mean i'm contributing for for a few music publications and uh Then their approach, the bands approach me asking me, uh, what's the way of, uh, you know, signing with the label? And, you know, so uh, I'm usually telling them that, first of all, it's actually much more important at that point of their career to build some, let's say, 
local following to play gigs to spread the word about their work and then actually uh, you know do something bigger and you know try to make some wider outreach that's really good you know because then if you're coming to some like if you're going at a label or you're going at someone and you have stuff behind mm-hmm. you that's great like you can say look at this we have a press kit we have all this stuff and here you go record label check us out you know, yeah. I think you can only, but by yourself, what I'm thinking is you can only go to such a, pl- like, you can only hit like a certain level. I think once you bring in other people, then you have people with relationships and that are working, then I think you can go further. But it's certainly something that if you're starting up and you're just a, a young up and comer, I would just do this first. And, you know, I mean, it would be a good idea to do this first, get a bit of a backing, get a, you know, fan base, et cetera. And then you can go at a label and be like, hey, look what we have. Or if you get like plucked out of the, uh, you know, nowhere and like, it's just amazing, you know, maybe you'll be, you know, the next Billie Eilish or whatever. And you just show up on a record label. I don't know. But uh, there's, there's no one situation for, um, for everything. Like there's no, like, this is the perfect situation. Everybody's going to have their own path, their own you know how they get into it but it's it's never the same there's no like formula where i can say this is what you need to do and then yeah. you're done yeah there, there is no a blueprint that somebody can follow based on what's what somebody else did right <clears throat> okay uh so as i mentioned uh as someone who is writing for a few uh, music publications i'm often uh, in a situation when bands approach me asking for a review or, or an interview as well so uh many many of these bands take their take their work seriously and you know they're usually prepared in terms of uh, material such press kit uh, biography photos and stuff like that but there are also bands that just you know mail a dropbox link expecting to get some coverage what's your view on that no you can't just send somebody a link and say listen to my music you gotta there's got to be more to it than that yeah, I mean, I, I knew that this this is going to be your answer, but people really need to uh, realize that uh, just dropping somebody uh, like, I don't know, SoundCloud link or Dropbox link and, you know, expecting to, you know, to receive something in return is not going to bring something. I need to tell you about the band. Like when I send you this, like, I'm really like, hey, here's this music. You should listen to it. This is, you know, here's a bio. This is them. Like, mm-hmm. I need to, it's got to come from my voice or whoever the publicist is. They got to tell you, you know, what you're listening for, what this is, why you're going to like it. And that's put, like putting the pitch together, you know, like I can, I can sit there and tell you, oh, this is good, but why? Why is it good? And then that's going to be a different thing for each one. So, and again, if they see it again coming from somebody that they know, and it doesn't mean just me, it can mean any other PR company there is, because there's a ton of great ones. When they see it coming from someone else, they're more likely to look at it. You're just random band. If you are just, you know, Joe Schmo's band and you send your link to your album to a magazine or a website or whatever, and then a month later you hire me and I do it, they might have looked at it and listened to it now because it came from me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not you're... saying that to sound conceited or anything like that because I don't want that to come across like that. Uh, we talked about, we, we mentioned this uh, uh, bands that are uh, prepared and unprepared, but do you think that there are kind of uh, too ambitious, you know, uh, overly ambitious bands that are just uh, expecting to receive any kind of f- uh, future from top publications? Yes and no. I mean, you have to have realistic expectations 
um you know again if you're a new band you can't just think all right cool i'm gonna be the cover on guitar i'm gonna be on the cover of guitar world i'm gonna be a cover of decibel whatever you have to like you know have realistic expectations and you know maybe that's also another good thing that the publicist is there to do for you is um manage those expectations um you can be out there with your band and doing everything but you also don't want overkill like I, if i like like your band i don't need to get a mailing list mail, like a you know be on a mailing list and get a newsletter from your band every day mm-hmm. there is like a point of overkill so you just have to find the the happy medium i guess but like so you be enthusiastic share the shit on your socials because that's the biggest thing now is just the interaction with the fans and the band and it's like that's what's getting you know what's really driving the needle here um but you want to do it in such a way where you're not just like killing people with you know this email that email this like there's a you know a great example of a band that started um relatively small but they got picked up with a radio promoter and the radio promoter got their song to octane and from there they got a a deal and everything and Mm -hmm. there is this band called saul they're a perfect saul s-a-u-l perfect example of this um started worked hard and now they have a really they're on spine farm records they have a great management company and they're hardworking dudes and they've really worked it with the fans on their social media like they have these these groups their fans are called equals like it's this whole big thing and then another thing and they they're doing it the right way and then another thing that they did you know how all these the, all the bands are doing these live streams and recorded streams and all these concerts and stuff cuz you can't go out and see one these guys in their uh, garage at their practice space did a show but they did it with full-blown production, lights, strobes, all sorts of shit. And this is just in their fucking their garage. And it was it was great, you know, because I'm like watching all these people doing their streams. I'm like, okay, these guys like went like fucking crazy. And it was like they're doing everything they're doing the right way. Sure, they got, you know, they, they were discovered by the radio company, which is great. And then they just went from there. But they they've been doing it right with their social media and everything. And they don't push. They're not annoying. They they're following. If there was any kind of formula, they're following it. Uh, you mentioned uh, social media. Uh, what segment of the uh, promotion process today do you find most efficient when it comes to gaining exposure? Exposure is it social media or where else should uh, the main focus go? Uh, as far as with the, the band. Yeah, yeah. With the band uh, and yeah, well, I mean, they want to be if they can be active on social media, that's fantastic. You know, I mean, Twitter, I mean, it's really like the Instagram stuff now, um, and Facebook too. Like, but they don't want to. I wouldn't. You can make yourself accessible to an extent. You know, like I don't see the guys from Metallica running their Facebook. Maybe that's not the greatest idea. But like, you don't want to be able to just be available at the drop of a hat. You want to be kind of give it a little bit of mystique you know i just don't like if you're in a band you don't want to be able to just be contacted in the middle of the day but when you put up a fun post when you share different things different content that's the thing man with the social media it's content playthrough videos fucking games with the fans live chats with the fans whatever it is the more quality content you put out there which fans will come in you know in droves to it so i think Using social media effectively is done by using or by putting out the right content and having yeah. the content there. 
you could sit there and post, oh, hey, we're so-and-so band until you're blue in the face. But if you're offering them something they haven't seen, and especially now when everybody's sitting at home, they want something to watch. And if you're giving them content, then you're using your social media uh, the right way. Yeah. Uh, so back, back to your work with premium promotions. Uh, do you get contacted a lot by bands that are about to self-release their debut album? And do you consider such bands' releases you know, for uh, for for you to work with them. I mean, like word of mouth, you know, like even a guy from a label knows a small band or whatever that's getting off the ground or that is, you know, they're just not on a label. Then they can, yeah. People come to me. Like I just had a phone call last week with a couple bands and you know mm -hmm. started some stuff up. But yeah, you know, it's it's a lot of word of mouth. People, you know, they hear about people and then they they hear good things. They want to work with them, you know. So yeah, I'm kind of. Uh, I take on some independent projects. I do my label retainers, but yeah, no, definitely. And it, another thing is, it's got to be something that I believe in. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to take on a record if I don't like the music, because if I can't like sell it to you for real, then I shouldn't mm -hmm. be selling it. So, uh, what's the main uh, uh, thing that you are looking uh, at the band when you know? Is it is it? I mean, of course, it's it's the content and the, the music in in the first place. But what else is? like kind of making a decision for you to start, you know, to grab that band and start promoting them. I mean, the biggest thing is it's got to not suck. Like, yeah. I want good music. And also, there's got to be good assets, man. Like, if the pictures are garbage and the album art's garbage. Like, it's got to be the full package, you know? Like, I mean, I can help you come up with stuff and help you write things or whatever, but, like, you have to have, I don't know if a vision's the right word. You just got to know what you're doing. You can't, if you come in clueless, then forget it. And I mean, I'm sure there's people, you know, not clue, but like you, you have to explain stuff to, and that's fine. But you got to know what you want. You can't come in here and go, oh, I think we're going to do this on that day. And I think this. And da, 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 da. So it's, you have to have an idea of where you're going. Now, with no tourists at all, um, bands are like forced basically to rely on streams and physical sales of music and, and merch. Uh, if there is anything to learn from this whole situation, what would it what would it be in your opinion? Don't cough on people. Um, no, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, that's a really good question because I mean, it's like sure, a lot of these bands make their money on merchandising and stuff. Mm -hmm. Sure, people are going to say they make money. The record labels do well from the streaming. Maybe the bands don't. Yes, as, you know, see it as much. But and yeah, it's physical product is is tougher to get now because there's no stores open. I mean. I, I just I think the lesson that we're going to learn from this maybe is just being more in touch with your fans. I know I said be less accessible, but also be accessible and putting out this content. You know, there can be basically lesson we're going to learn. Stuff can be done if you're stuck at home. Do you think that there should always be like a plan B that would involve other avenues of music business for those artists that want to keep on striving? Should be, or at least they should have some idea. I mean, but nobody expected this. So it's it's really hard. I mean, it, yes, but like how much of a plan B do you need to have? I mean, when were we expecting, you know, a pandemic? We weren't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so it, the other question is like how it's, I don't think there's a really a good answer to that one, to be honest. Yeah, I would love to mention the, um, the band uh, Periphery. Uh, you know, their, their main... 
uh, asset in the whole thing is the band itself, but they also do so many things, different things like uh, music production, like, uh, I don't know, uh, Misha is also running a company that uh, that sells stuff like, you know, for, for the guitarists and uh, uh, Noli and the other guys also having um, their own signature models, for example, si- signature guitars and stuff like that. Do you think that this is something that uh, bands should kind of try to get on over the, you know in, in over the years i think that's a great thing to have and then like again when we were talking before about outside of the box so let's say you're in this band and you've got this company where you i don't know make medical masks or make or mm-hmm. you know or you're in this you and you're you work at a guitar place or whatever it is you can use both you can you like it's the more it's always good to have more stuff going on i mean you just don't want to run yourself ragged obviously but um if there's more stuff to do, then totally. Uh, how do you see the music business and the industry developing in the years to come? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully we're able to go back to concerts. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the, the main thing. That's what I want, man. People need to get out of their houses. Not now, though. Let me let me put that there. Listen to these people and stay home. Like I read in New Jersey where I am, town mm-hmm. two towns over, they had a fucking Pink, Pink Floyd cover band playing yeah, on yeah. their front yard. Mm-hmm. And the people come, the cops come and try to arrest them, and then they start yelling "fuck the police." Like, <laughs> what is wrong with these people? Like, it's not like people aren't dying every day, and that you can't see that. And I mean, look, I maybe I'm being paranoid. I don't know, but like, mm-hmm. li- if they fucking listen to people, then we can uh, maybe have these concerts back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is the the main thing now is to get, just get back to the normal with the lives and then everything else comes on the, on, on its place. Right. Yeah, everything comes from that. I mean, and records will start getting rescheduled. I mean, it's still mm-hmm. good that people are putting records out because people are able to listen to stuff and they have something to take their mind off shit and whatever. But, you know, as tours get rescheduled, records will get rescheduled around those tours, etc. So hopefully it all starts to come back. It's just a matter of time and waiting this out until we flatten the curve. Ooh, I like using <laughs> terms like that. Um, yeah. But that's really what it's going to come down to. I mean, it'll come back. What is it going to be like? I don't know. Are we going to arenas with 20,000 people in it? I don't know. Are we going to clubs, 300, 400 people? Maybe that's what's first. I don't know how this will work. And it's it's everybody's kind of in the same spot in this whole industry. They're kind of yeah. like, uh, uh, what's next? So I yeah. could sit here and like look into my crystal ball. But all I can say is I hope what's next is this shit goes away and we're able to do, I mean, maybe we'll, maybe the handshake is done forever, but hopefully we'll be able to go see a band play live again. Okay. So, uh, after this whole thing passes and everything is back to normal and, you know, we have, uh, our future back, uh, do you sort of have a vision of what the next big thing or tool will for bands and labels to promote their work? Maybe. Oh, geez. I don't know. Um, it, every, it's, everything's changing. It's always there's yeah. always something new. I mean, like you got TikTok, you got this, you got that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think it's going to continue to develop, and there's different social media applications, different different things everywhere. I mean, like you've seen like the Ozzy record came out, and there was like mm-hmm. a a video game where you like you were Ozzy like running through shit or whatever. Like any kind of cool ideas, you know, it's they bring people in. So I can't tell you that there's one thing that this is going to be like the wave of the future. But I just think we just need to keep going how we're going and keep coming up with creative ideas with creative people 
and you know go from there thank you for finding time to talk with me uh you out of your busy schedule uh about these things and do you have any closing words or perhaps an advice that you might give to the bands or don't ever? give up now this is a shitty time understandably but don't let it get you down keep working if you have cool projects and you have cool music just don't stop keep being creative and keep doing stuff and hopefully we'll get out of this bullshit more sooner than later okay that, that that's the good one thank you very much john Hey, man, thank you for all the work you do for me, man. I really appreciate all the interviews and the reviews and everything. It means a lot. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I just like working on your uh, bands and, and on your release because there are, there's tons of great stuff coming from you. Right on. Well, thank you very much. Stay safe, my friend. Stay safe, too. Later. Talk to you soon. So here we go. Thank you for listening to What My Band Needs podcast. Please share this episode with your band friends. Follow me on social media and get in touch with your questions or suggestions at hello at whatmybandneeds.com. See you next time.